Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Uprise Radio and 3CR are produced on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation. We recognise elders past, present and emerging and stand in solidarity with all those resisting the settler colonial state. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Uprise Radio and it is April 21st and we are leading into Anzac Day. So, of course, that was uh, the track Only 19 and that was by The Herd. Um, I believe it was released on uh, some kind of centenary of the when the original Red Gum track came out. Um, but yeah, it's a really good version of that song. So thanks everyone for tuning in, and hello Jackson. Hey James, nice to be back in the studio together. It's been a little while. Um, and yeah, it was a good track. Thanks for suggesting it. I was going to play the old version because I live in the past. Uh, well, they're both both great versions. Um, so yeah, let's get into the show. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things around Anzac Day and of course it is, uh, you know, always lots to talk about, I guess, around Anzac Day, but there's a few things in particular that we're going to touch on. One is about the, um, Morrison's announcement of, um, the remaining 80 troops of Australian soldiers leaving Afghanistan. Mm. And I guess a bit of a reflection on 20 years of war with Afghanistan. Yeah, it's been an incredibly costly and entirely, arguably entirely ineffective war. Um, and the other crying that... shame, you could, you could call it, mm. unjust to begin with and illogical a long way through. And the other thing that Morrison announced uh, just a few days ago was a royal commission into the um, suicide of soldiers, and um, that has certainly been a, a really big topic that we've actually spoken about a number of times on the show. Mm. And it's, you know, that, I mean, that line from Red Gum and, and the herd there, I think, you know, I don't know whether shocking is the right word, but <clears throat> yeah, deeply concerning aspects of these suicide rates is the youth of, of, of the soldiers and former soldiers that are taking their own lives and it's it's interesting at a time when the culture of the Australian armed forces is certainly under the spotlight uh, even 
in the mainstream press in a way it, it isn't often and and Anzac Day is you know really a time where we 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 supposedly think a lot and talk a lot about you know the armed services but we really talk about what the armed services does to others or to those in it you know what war does what war is um and it, yeah i guess it it, it is a, it's an indictment of the culture that so many uh young men and women are leaving uh so broken and uh yeah as i said that is um we are going to be touching on some issues around suicide on the show today so mm-hmm. You know, if this does raise any issues for you, um, you should reach out and um, you can chat to Lifeline on 13 11 14. Um, there are also other services that you can find um, online as well. If that's something that um, you need, then certainly reach out. But I'm going to just um, give a little bit of an introduction and then we're going to hear a clip from the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. So I remember walking through the city to work one day, it was early morning, and having not thought too much about what I might encounter on my way to work, I walked down Elizabeth Street and was suddenly confronted with tanks and military personnel everywhere through the city. And while I quickly remembered that it was Anzac Day, it was briefly a terrifying flash of what many other people around the world encounter as they have faced the militaries occupying their cities. As a child, I used to talk to my grandpa about his time in World War II, and when he felt up for it, we'd go to the Anzac Day marches. These were sombre occasions in which old mates remembered friends that died and tried to forget the worst time of their life. The Howard government changed the tone of Anzac Day to a celebration of war as he drove up support for his wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. And still, the frontier wars are forgotten, their story never told, as Aboriginal fought against the invasion from English ships full of convicts sent against their war, war against their will, and by the English sent to other wars just to die for their masters. And I think coming up to this Sunday, it's a day that will cause more division and pain in the communities. And there are many issues on the agenda, but yeah, I think if we get into a couple of issues that we raised off the top, it's a good place to start. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a fantastic point you make, two, two points that you made there about the experience of Australian wars from those who, who we invade and also the, yeah, the untold wars uh, that founded this, this, this so-called nation um, and, and how little those um, experiences are described and told um, on Anzac Day you know, and, and how little of the, of the violence is told on Anzac Day. I think on Anzac Day, yeah, you hear, you know, you hear somber, you hear respectful, you hear mateship, but mm. what you don't hear is is violent death, you know, and, and this is what, what war is. And for, you know, upwards of 180,000 Afghans, you know, for this war, this, you know, in some ways this largely often forgotten war, you know, we, we barely, it's barely in the press, you know, that, that our soldiers are over there, you know, you know, training military personnel and, you know, I don't, I don't know why they're there. I think this has been one of the major problems, you know, what the purpose of the, uh, of the war has been, you know, and I think by any measure, you know, whether you say it's about been about, you know, was it a feminist war, James? Was it about, you know, giving Afghani women the chance to <clears throat> go to school? You know, I, I, I think <clears throat> the amount of women that have died but from this invasion perhaps outweighs what few women perhaps in the controlled areas may have been able to go to school you know was it about making afghanistan safe from terrorism 
you know, mm. where where the you know the European and American marked terrorists might be seen as as freedom fighters or leaders or patriots, you know. But apparently, that was one of the reasons to go to war. And you know, ten years after the invasion of Afghanistan, eleven, twelve years after the invasion of Afghanistan, and we had a mutant Hydra Al Qaeda in ISIS, you know, covering half of the Middle East, you know that cosmopolitan centers in Syria and Iraq and Iran gone backwards, bombed to smithereens, you know, ancient artifacts gone. Like, I can't... You just... How the people that, like John Howard, you know, who, who justified this, how they can live with themselves, it's appalling. And, yeah, I mean, as you say, like, I, I'm not Indigenous, but the complete disregard, the complete lack of acknowledgement of, of, of the violence that founded this country at this time, particularly at that time. And Indigenous Australians were sent to these imperial wars as well, the mm-hmm. horrors of, of World War One, World War Two, For what? To fight for a nation that dispossessed them. Yeah, it is, um, it is a, a baffling um, situation. But I think, you know, what has been really interesting over the past... Um, few months, I guess probably 18 months or so, is there's been a real shift in the Australian government's way that they started to talk about militarism. And in that period of time, we've had the Burton Report, which has spoken about some uh, war crimes, atrocities that the Australian uh, soldiers have committed in Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, we've spoken about that before on the show and, um, you know, think we necessarily need to go through all of that again but you know i certainly i think anyone who you know wants to get a true account of what war is about can go and read some of the you know excerpts from that report to see the horror that uh, it's not just we don't need to look back to world war one and world war two we can see the horrors from what has happened in afghanistan but maybe now we might go to the clip here from Scott Morrison talking about Australia withdrawing the last troops from Afghanistan. And as part of this uh, press conference, Scott Morrison also mentions the Australian soldiers who have died in Afghanistan. Today, the government is announcing that Australia will conclude the drawdown of our contribution to the NATO-led Resolute Support Mission in Afghanistan. Over the past two years, we've been reducing our military presence in Afghanistan from a high of over 1,500 personnel to around 80 personnel currently. In line with the United States and our other allies and partners, the last remaining Australian troops will depart Afghanistan in September 2021. I would like to take a moment to read the honour roll of those 41 Australians who sacrificed their lives for the sake of freedom. Sergeant Andrew Russell, Trooper David Pearce, Sergeant Matthew Locke, Private Luke Worsley, Lance Corporal Jason Marks, Signaler Sean McCarthy, Lieutenant Michael Fussell, Private Gregory Scher, Corporal Matthew Hopkins, Sergeant Brett Till, Private Benjamin Renardo, Sapper Jacob Morland, 
Sapper Darren Smith, Private Timothy Applin, Private Scott Palmer, Private Benjamin Chuck, Private Nathan Buse, Trooper Jason Brown, Private Thomas Dale, Private Grant Kirby, Lance Corporal Jared McKinney, Corporal Richard Atkinson, Sapper Jamie Larkham, Sergeant Brett Wood, Lance Corporal Andrew Jones, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Marcus Case, Sapper Rowan Robinson, Sergeant Todd Langley, Private Matthew Lambert, Captain Bryce Duffy, Corporal Ashley Burt, Lance Corporal Luke Gavin, Sergeant Blaine Didhams, Sapper James Martin, Lance Corporal Shepin Rick Milosevic, Private Robert Pote, Private Nathaniel Gallagher, Lance Corporal Mervyn MacDonald, Corporal Scott Smith, Corporate Corporal Cameron Baird, BC, Lance Corporal Todd Chidgy. Well, that is um, Scott Morrison actually reading, you know, part of that was Scott Morrison reading the names of the soldiers who have died in Afghanistan. And I think it's it's important to to hear and to recognise their names. And I, I wish we had time to read out all of the people from Afghanistan who had died, but um, unfortunately we would need um, probably a whole day's broadcasting to be able to do that. It's 173,000 names. That was 41 names. You know, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an apt comparison. But if I think if we can um, see that the impact that you know it has on, on Australia, on the Prime Minister, on the country, to have that small amount of, of names of people who have died, can only begin to imagine what the devastation it means for the country of Afghanistan. But I think, you know, just to move on from, from that... I, I want to say something about the way that Scott Morrison has positioned this because I, you know, the silence in between the names there, which comes across, you know, that's not dead air on radio, but that's Scott Morrison in what I would say is a new um, marketing tactic that he's deployed to come across to be, uh, to have empathy, to be somebody that can that cares about these issues because I don't believe that Scott Morrison cares about that this is happening. I'm sure he, he's sympathetic to people who've lost their lives and he's uh, upset for the families that they've lost loved ones. But if you care that these people have sacrificed this, you would be changing the way that the military strategy of Australia is going. And Scott Morrison is doing the opposite of that. He is gearing up for war. He's Phil, um, We've got, you know, Dutton as a new defence minister and the things that are coming out from the Morrison government is scary, I think. If you mm. are concerned about military conflict and you don't want to hear more names of Australian soldiers who have died, well, I think we should be very concerned. 
Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And the the instalment of Dutton as Minister of Defence is telling, and also his Assistant Minister of Defence, Andrew Hastie, who was himself a member of the SAS, which is the elite group of soldiers, you know, really singled out for appalling war crimes in Afghanistan. So Hastie is a product of that environment. And he made comments last week uh, to the effect, you know, it was echoed by Liberal backbenchers, you know, to the effect that the Australian Army and armed forces have become too woke, quote-unquote, uh, because they are inviting dancers to perform at ship launches and they are banning the use of death symbols because, uh, like the Grim Reaper and the Punisher, vigilante death bringers uh, from soldiers' uniforms, this is too woke and that the Army should really, you know, be upfront about what it is, which is an, an aggressive killing machine. This is what we are training people to be, aggressive killing machines, to defend you know, our freedoms, which were apparently at risk in the Middle East, in Afghanistan, for example, or in Iraq, or I'm sure soon it'll be the South China Sea or the Spratly Islands or wherever our freedom is at risk hundreds of miles from our shore. But at the same time, you know, Morrison is announcing this investigation into suicide amongst veterans. He's also installing a minister and associate staff that are trumpeting the ver- this this culture that is turning these men and women, you know, if you if you looked at the army ads over the last few years, you'd think they were advertising the best part time of your life or a travel agency, you know, like you know, see the world on a, on a navy ship and eat delicious, you know, bay marine meals with your mates while you go scuba diving. Apart from the fact where you murder other people in cold blood, and that you know, it is a difficult discussion this one because. On one part of me, I'm glad that there's some honesty about what war is, and that's the honesty that's missing mm. from all of our all of the regalia and pomp and ceremony of Anzac Day is the honesty about the the brutal killing that is the business of war. But these men and women, they 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 are broken before they even go to war because of the, because of the barbarism of these programs. Mm. You know, ex soldiers themselves, you know, are saying that. These 19 and 20-year-olds who are taking their own life, they've never even been to combat. And sometimes it's they're so desperate to get to combat to prove their warrior credentials that that's the reason for, the, for their depression. You know, I don't think you can simultaneously say, oh, we need an inquiry into why so many soldiers are self-harming without asking, well, what are we asking soldiers to do? You know, we, we have to draw the dots together here. Like war is an inhumane act. We should not be building up our arms industry. We should not be hiring more soldiers. We mm. should be doing everything with our power to make things that bring joy and happiness into people's lives, not missiles into people's living rooms, which is apparently what this government wants to do. They, they have a very clear track record here. So the, there's a royal commission has been announced by Scott Morrison, and actually this is something that uh, other members of government have called for for a while. Jackie Lambie has been arguing for this for quite a number of years, I think, and Anthony Albanese spoke in Parliament last year, also calling for a Royal Commission into uh, suicide of Australian soldiers. But, I I mean, I guess on both counts, I can't help but be sceptical that I'm not sure what a Royal Commission, you know, often Royal Commissions uh, cost a lot of money and really do nothing. And I'm not sure what this Royal Commission would actually find. We already know, I mean, I think what you just outlined then, Jackson, is that your your de, uh, 
you're trying to take apart the person's humanity and strip them apart of that in order to do what you know what has been outlined to be able to effectively kill other people and once you get out of the thinking that kind of thinking and start to put yourself into a normal situation in life you would be thinking well what am I meant to do with this information? What am I meant to do with the things that I've done or the way that I've been trained? And I'm not sure that besides, uh, you know, therapy, counselling and actually looking at not training people to have, not training soldiers in that way, I don't think the Royal Commission is going to bring about any of those kind of things. So I'm not really sure what the point of it would be. Mm. We we started the show by hearing John Schumann's uh, words, you know, sung by the herd, and that's just, that's just what the Vietnam War really brought home, you know, to many people, to many people's lounge rooms and to many people's families across Australia and across the world was that one of the biggest uh, aspects of, of war was the things that came home, was the trauma that people were left with. And, you know, that, that not just suicide, but other mental health issues, drug and alcohol um, issues that those soldiers and their families were left with. We still haven't addressed those things. People have been arguing these things for years. It's not Royal Commission, I don't think, is going to solve any of those things. Mm. We need a complete change in the way that we look at a defence force and the way that we train people to be a part of that. Well, for a start, the War Powers Act that um, Wilkie um, has put forward and um, the changes to the Act, I think John Tripton was talking about a few weeks ago on our show, to at least make it a vote in Parliament before we send troops off to these endless wars. I mean, mm. I, I have found this quote from Andrew Hastie, and I think, you know, it should really send chills down, down the spines of listeners, you know. He, he said that, you know, our military serves a vital role across Australia, whether during pandemic, flood or fire, but the Defence Force's core business will always be the application of lethal violence in the defence of our values, sovereignty and interests. We should never forget that. Now, why must our defence force always be a deliverer of lethal violence for our interests? That sounds like the words of an imperial power. You know, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want people murdered in my name. I agree. I mean, I I think that that is. We had a discussion um, off air about, you know, what what is better, I guess, in these kind of things, and that kind of changing of rhetoric from the government. Is it better for them to be honest about what their real intentions are in in militarism, in what they intend to do, or is it, you know, is the kind of, and I guess, you know, that at least means that we can say, look. This is what their intention is. This is a violent warmonger. And this is why, you know, surely you don't support that. We should mm. be doing something against that. But the other point is, you know, does this kind of hawkish attitude to be so pro-violence and pro-killing, does that open the door for people to see that as a positive thing? You know, I mean, we've, we've heard over the past uh, few months in particular about the rise of the organized far right in Australia. Absolutely. What, you know, what kind of impact does it give to those people to say, look, see, we're on the right track here. And to get those people to not just join the national party, but to be part of the military. And we know that some of those people are part of the military already. Mm. You know, what kind of scary thought does that have for not just uh, the countries that they may go to, but, but right here. Yeah, exactly. Right here in Australia. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, you look at the comments of uh, the, <clears throat> 
Liberal backbencher from Queensland, Philip Thompson, also a former soldier, uh, who said that you know Minister Dutton is bringing the Australian Defence Force back to core values. We've gone a bit woke over the past few years, and we can't afford to be doing that. You know, he says it's gone too far to the left. The military is accusing the military of being too far to the left. I mean, this is a man that before he became a minister in Morrison, not a minister, I should say, a backbencher in, in Morrison's government, he actually, you know, in response to some people protesting in Sydney about the experience of Isla- uh, Islamic people post 9-11, he said he'd like to go down to Sydney, with his, get his gun licence and go down there and uh, clean the dishes or take out the trash. You know, this, uh, this type of cavalier violence, you know, the, 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 the deployment of violent language in a, in a way without impunity, in a way that has pride and, and national, nationalism associated with it, is dangerous. You know, we, we, the, the, the political tenure of the world is, is fractured at the moment. We, we know this, you know, we are, we are living in a time where there is far less multilateralism, you know, far less human movement between countries now, a lot of tension around a lot of issues. And Australia wants to be a bigger arm. The, the current Australian government wants to be a bigger arms dealer. Mm. You know, so you just have to put two and two together. Do you? Can I ask you, James? What What's been your experience of um, Indigenous people's relationship with ANZAC Day? And how do you think you know the communities that you're familiar with will be feeling in in the lead up to this event? Well, I know that. You know, there has been a, a really big push for quite a while to have the frontier wars recognised as part of the marches and, you know, the protests that have happened, um, that have been a part of the things in Canberra. We saw that, you know, really heavy police confrontation with those protesters a, a couple of years ago. I think that was maybe 2018. But I think like lots of days that are part, you know, like Invasion Day and other days that are part of that Australian kind of jingoism and deny Aboriginal history, that they're really difficult days for a lot of Aboriginal people because it's another day to be reminded of the taking away of Aboriginal people, culture, land. And it's another day where not just to be reminded that those things happened, but to be denied history. And, you know, that ongoing... Uh, battle with our history it's yeah I, I even besides the kind of politics of all the kind of things we're talking about it, it just it's I don't, it's really hard to put into words to mm. say how can you deny a fact of something and you know we have we might have arguments with people online or offline about things and you know say oh well, but you can't argue with the fact, you know, we can disagree about opinions on things. But you can erase them, I but, think, yeah, deliberately. Yeah, we, we totally erase the history. Here. Yeah, I would recommend uh, some little experience I've had with this has come through 3CR. There is a, a memorial, one of the few memorials to the Frontier Wars, just near RMIT University, the, the Tanaminawait and Mauboyhina Memorial. And, you know, these were uh, Indigenous men and women uh, from Tasmania uh, who you know, fought a guerrilla war against settlers uh, in the mid-18th century uh, and and were hung for their crimes and, mm. and or their so-called crimes. Um, and, you know, the whole city of Melbourne turned out to watch uh, their hanging because they were famous, because they were fighting, you know, the, the mm-hmm. change to, to the change that was going on around them. And it's worth getting down there and checking it out on Anzac Day, I reckon. 
if you want to, I, if you want to learn a little bit more about the Frontier Wars, then I would suggest uh, picking up the Forgotten War, Henry Reynolds' book, mm. which came out in twenty thirteen. Uh, you know, like a lot of Henry Reynolds' um, books, it does a lot of work to rewrite that history, and it's a yeah, fantastic read. That's a great tip. I will pick that up. Thank you. Well, we are fast coming to the end of the show, and um, I think we're just going to uh, end the show with I Was Only 19, a John Schumann or Red Gum version. Um, well, I hope that whatever people are going to do on the weekend, that um, it's not too painful for them, because I, I guess... Just as we wrap up, one thing that I always think about as well, we have a lot of people who live in Australia who have come from mm. places that have been ravaged by war. And, and I guess, you know, I shared a story a at the start point. and that's something that I thought about is, you know, if you don't really know what's going on in this Anzac Day and you just see um, military planes in the sky and, you know, that would be, I would imagine, pretty traumatic if you've lived through a military kind of experience like that. Mm. So. I hope all those people will take care and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thanks everyone. Mum and Dad and Denny saw the passing out parade at Puckerpunyal. It was a long march from cadets. Sixth Battalion was the next to turn It was me who drew the card We did Canungra and Shoalwater before we left And Townsville lined the footpaths As we marched down to the quay This clipping from the paper Shows us a young and strong and... You've been listening to a 3CR podcast Produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.